While everyone's working for the weekend, we've got some brand new Christian independent hard rock from a project known as 7-1-Self right here on Raven's Heart. So if you want to be in the show, come on, baby, let's go. I love it. We've got those comments rolling in already. We've got Jermaine. He's like, what's up? And yes, hey, if you want to be in the show, baby, you can turn in your comments to us right here online if you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. And with us, we have Barry Peters from 7-1-Self. Barry, you're all the way up there in Saskatchewan. I got it right? Saskatchewan? That's right. Up in Canada. So how are things? Eh? Did I get eh? <laughs> You got it. <laughs> How are you doing down there, huh? Uh, we, hey, there we go. I am uh, doing quite well here in the United States of America, in the great state of South Carolina, where we're coming at the entire world live. And thank you for joining the live stream, everybody. Hey, and if you are watching us on YouTube uh, live right now or YouTube, go ahead and subscribe and hit that bell at the bottom, because you know what that does is that helps us out get higher in the algorithm and it helps artists like Barry out to get his music into more ears and more hands of people. So Barry, you're an independent Christian rock artist, kind of on the hard rock side. So let's start at the beginning. When did you meet Jesus and how did you become a Christian? Well, I got one of those stories where uh, I grew up in a Christian home Grew up going to church and Sunday school and kids club in the middle of the week. And uh, um, I remember one time coming home from church, my mom was talking to me about the same stuff, Jesus on the cross, hell, heaven, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I didn't really want to go to hell. And so I remember that night, uh, about three years old, in the bathtub, praying and accepting Christ. And uh, it's been a forward journey ever since. Wow. And how old were you when that happened? It's I, I was I was right around three and a half. It's it's one of my very first memories of, of life. Obviously, didn't understand a whole lot about living for the Lord at that time. But uh, it's as good. A, it, it was a good start. Wow. Wow. The Lord drew you at that point in time and you knew that there was the reality of heaven and hell. And you know, I just want to share something really quick. It was when I was about 13 years old and some of our viewers and listeners might remember the old radio shows done by Harold Camping in the United States, where he would talk about the mark of the beast all the time. So when I was 13, I'd go run to the mirror in the bathroom to make sure I didn't have that mark. And I was terrified. It wasn't until I uh, was in college that the Lord saved me. And it was for that exact same same reason. Same as you, Barry. I didn't want to go to hell. Really, that's really what the gospel boils down to is heaven and hell. It's, yeah. it's one It's one or the other. As a Christian artist, how do you 
hope that God will use your music to reach the lives of others. Yeah, as, as you're going to find out as, as we talk, Glenn, um, my, my life has really been defined by, by a burnout and a depression um, when I was about 25 to 30 years old. And uh, it, it really changed, changed everything. And I found out since then, as with music, I want God's grace to reach people who are hurting um, the same way that his grace reached into my life. And it doesn't matter if it's your, your own sin that caused the, those struggles or someone else or just the part, part of life. Um, I, I have been so touched by, by music that God has reached into my heart and ministered to me and given grace to me. And uh, that, that is the real heart of what I have for music. I love what you're saying. It's everything that encompasses the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of scripture and God's personality. It's the grace that he provides. And then us dealing with our sin and him healing us from depression and burnout, which are very, very real things, which seem to be even more prevalent today. I'm going to ask you this question. It seems like there's a lot more people that are dealing with depression and burnout today. Do you think that's because of the way society is? Or do you think that maybe in the past people just tried to ignore it and deal with it in different ways or tried to hide it? What do you think, Barry? Yeah, you're opening a can of worms there, Glenn. So I'll, <laughs> I know I'll, I am. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to I'll try to stay short. But uh, um, just this afternoon, um, I don't do a whole lot of public ministry anymore because because of my my depression. But God always seems to grant one or two neighbors or friends in the community to to uh, for me to minister to. And just this afternoon, one of my neighbors down the street, we get together for coffee. He's not a believer. But he's really seeing all of this stuff in the world today where people are hurting and they're trying all this transgender stuff to to figure out and be happy and fulfilled. And we had a really good conversation about what it actually takes to to work through this stuff and 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 why people are going going through all of this. So, yeah, just today it's it's real. And uh, I do believe that a lot of it does come to the busyness of our society and Satan has a just a hold on us. There's so many opportunities in the world. And just like unbelievers, we chase after all of those things. And God never meant us to have to put out so much mental and physical energy all the time. And then Satan uses that to just get us off focused and we wear our minds out. So for better, for worse, that's my short answer on that. Yeah. Hey, Josh Snyder is weighing in. I don't know if you've ever listened to the music of Josh Snyder, but it is awesome music. And he says, well said, bro. And I believe Josh is in Georgia. And we also have Jermaine. He's from South Georgia. So we got the Georgia connection going on here. We are like international, interstate, total all over the place tonight on the Internet. And Barry, when I listen to your music, I don't hear depression. God just breaks right through that. You become a different man, a new man in your music. And the first track that I'd like to take a listen to is entitled The Treasure of the Crucible. Got two questions about this. First of all, how is this song inspired? Because I think there's a story behind it. And second of all, what is it about? Yeah, so this was the very last song that was written on the album. 
And, uh, Oh, Glenn, when you put me full screen, I don't feel like I'm looking at anybody, but I'll do my best. Um, it, I, I was trying to, it's okay, Glenn. <laughs> I was, uh, I was trying to, 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 to write an anthem that united all the different messages of the, of the album into one package. And, and it's basically this life sucks a lot of times for everyone. Number two, we can choose to run away from life or, try to try to ignore what's going on or we can we can choose to to go through it to fight it to accept that God is a part of it and then three there's consequences or rewards on what we choose to do and and the reward of of going through these tough times is that we find peace and fulfillment and strength in the Lord and so then I illustrate that with the the common illustration of of purifying and refining minerals and metal where you, you heat them up till they're boiling to like, if you or I stuck our hand in a crucible while it was, while it was refining some metal, it would just like just melt the flesh right off our bones. But that's what's needed because the impurities come to the surface and then, and then we're able to skim them off. And that's when the gold, the silver, the, the iron becomes useful and, so the, the analogy is, is that when we choose to actually go through these tough times and instead of choosing bitterness or resentment, we trust in the Lord. It's not an automatic process. It takes days and months and years, but we do find that who we are afterwards and the relationship that we got with God afterwards is, is much deeper and more mature with more patience than than we would have ever been able to achieve on our own. I am being fed by everything that you're saying. And there's some revelation that God's giving to me that I'm going to save for a later date on some other things that are kind of a different topic. But with that, I want everybody to understand that Barry is a, an artist that reached out to us at Lithos Cry. Um, a lot of times I reach out to artists and he's one of those gems that rose to the surface and reached out to us. And just listening to his heart and what he's saying, it's just jam packed with solid truth and just the heart behind it. And I'm so glad that you found us. I have to ask this before we play the track. How did you find us? You know, I spent like seven or eight years working on this album and we're going to talk about the process in a bit. But when it was done, I realized I didn't have a plan at all on how to get it out there. I just thought family and friends would watch it or listen to it and that was it. And then I, afterwards I realized I'm like, there's all of these forums and, and hard rock web pages. I, I need to find some. And I think it was, I was on Reign of Glory site who you had interviewed and and reviewed his page and i i found yes. you on there and so okay there was about three or four web pages that i that i sent my music to and you were the first one that responded and so that's how i found you through reign of glory <laughs> i love it i love it and this is the treasure of the crucible by seven oneself
this song there is just so much here thank you everyone for the comments on this song keep sending yeah thank you yeah send your send your questions as well let's start with the comments because 
as you know, this is also a podcast that people are going to be listening to around the world tonight on iTunes and all sorts of your favorite uh, podcast channels. Uh, let's see here. We got Jermaine. He says that style change up was pretty sweet. That was really well done. Really well done. And then we also have here Tyler Dickey. He says, Barry had a huge part in my spiritual walk too growing up. His music and athletic abilities are easy to see as gifts. But his passion for Christ is what truly shines. I didn't know you were an athlete as well. Not anymore, Glenn. <laughs> I'm 40 pounds overweight, not an athlete anymore. But seriously, thank you, Tyler. And Glenn, if, if you ever needed a non-music um, interview, you should get Tyler and me back on because the road that that guy has walked is utterly amazing and God has done just an amazing miracle and work in his life. So yeah, keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, we're going to, we'll definitely do that. I'm always looking for something a little bit different, a little bit uh, different from what we do sometimes to put in there. And we got Charles Martin. He says, mad lead riff on that. Um, Jermaine says that solo and Jermaine's also like, love how raw the lyrics are. And I have to do, Oh, Jermaine, here we go again. He says, uh, what sports I am as well. <laughs> Jermaine, you're too kind. Thanks for all the encouragement. <laughs> so, um, couple things here. When I listened to this song and I don't know if it was intentional or not, or just the vein that the spirit has you moving in. And if it is, I'm just like totally amazed by it. The sound that you have reminds me a lot of the sound of Tobias Forge from Ghost, which is probably one of the bands that gives me the worst nausea when I listen to it because of where they're coming from. Now, his voice and where he's coming from musically is just gifted, but he is totally on the other side of the spiritual realm. And what I see going on here is you're taking that sound and you're taking that style and you're redeeming it. And I'm like, this is just totally amazing what you're doing. And even the lyrical content, the the um, the way that you are so raw with the lyrics, it's on the opposite side of what you have going on the other side of darkness. Is there any influence from Tobias Forge or Ghost at all in, in your music? Or is this just the way that God's leading you? It's the way God's leading me, Glenn. Wow. Um, you're you're going to... Um, I grew up so fundamental that I, I wasn't allowed to listen to any secular music. Like Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith was like almost too rocky for, for my parents. <laughs> eh? And and so everything that I've learned about secular music has been in my adult life. And so I'm not nearly well as versed as most people, but I'm okay. I'm excited for what I'm learning so far. Yeah, God is taking something and redeeming it here. I, I'm just totally... And people just flip out over his music and, and because it's the spirit that's behind it. It's the spirit of the world and the, the spirit of the prince and the power of the air. And what you're doing is, is it's it's redeemed it. It's just taken the dross out of it and it's refined it. And I'm just sitting here amazed by it. What, what blows my mind is I had to do a little bit of research again um, because I went back and watched one of uh, Ghost's most recent videos and it's called Spillage. And he starts it out not mocking, not mocking it, but just bringing up Job 10.1 in the beginning about Job dealing with all of the anguish in his life and the anguish uh, in his soul. And I'm like, OK, we, we got here. You, you are the answer huh. to Tobias Forge right now. 
You well, I'm going to have to go listen to it, Glenn. You'll have to, yeah. I'll find the song. Listen to it. Don't watch the video. It'll make you want to <laughs> hurl. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jermaine says, I love your accent. And we have to do this. This song does get the Amy Paw of approval. It is just <laughs> raw. It has just got so much truth in it. And it really does pique the mind to bring you to the answers to the questions that a lot of people do have. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize, because we get in this Western philosophical mindset that, well, if something's uncomfortable, it's of the devil. And uh, if it's comfortable, it's Jesus. And that's just the way that it is. We put it in those two categories. And unfortunately, a lot of churches teach that, which is not true. Jesus promised that following him as a disciple is going to be very uncomfortable with testing trial, tribulations, and even persecutions. And since you've written a song about this, I want to ask you this question. How can we determine if the uncomfortable feeling or uncomfortable situation we're in is from the hand of God putting us through that crucible to draw out that precious ore, or if it's the devil or the powers of darkness just harassing us? How can we tell the difference? Well, everybody out there in the Internet world... I'll tell you that I was glad that Glenn sent these questions out ahead of time so I had some time to think because <laughs> they're, they're awesome questions. <laughs> so, so Glenn, I, I, I've got a couple answers and then I'll kind of conclude. But the, the first answer is growing up in a fundamental conservative home, everything was if something went wrong in your life, it was your fault. God was disciplining you for, for doing something wrong. And so I went through all of my growing up years and a good chunk of my young adult years. Anytime something was wrong, I was trying to figure out what, what I had done wrong, what, what, what sin I had committed to, to, to make God treat me that way. And uh, so, so fortunately, in the last 15 years, I've been learning that that's not so much the case. And... Uh, after, after I, I burnt out, I worked at a furniture store for a little while and my, my boss um, was a Christian. And one day when we were talking about this, he said to me, he said, Barry, you know that not everything happens here on earth right now is something that God wants to happen. He said, mm. that's why we pray in the Lord's prayer. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he said, Barry, don't, don't blame on God the things that that Satan is doing to deceive and to wreck and to, to obstruct our lives. So that was a very helpful, obviously I remember it to this day, very helpful. And then another thing that was helpful, um, I used to listen to the sermons of Charles Price. He was a, 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 a pastor in Toronto, quite a few. You're nodding. Or do you remember who he is, I've Glenn? Heard, I've heard of Charles Price, yes. Yeah, and he preached... Um, when he preached through Matthew, he preached two sermons on the temptation of Jesus. And the first one he preached from the perspective of God, testing Jesus and, and seeing Jesus prove that he was the son of, son of God and that he was submissive to the Father. And then the next Sunday he preached from the, the perspective of Satan and how Satan was tempting Jesus and, and wanted to, oh, wow. to destroy his ministry and that was another, like, like for me, it, it was a real eye opener to the fact that I, I can choose to see it one way or the other, but God is always for me and, and, and not against me. 
and then uh, another thing that people said to me that I, I know you brought this up on the show, Glenn, is that um, the devil only bothers those that are making advances in the kingdom of God. And lots of people told me that when I was starting to go through my burnout, but I wasn't ready to hear them yet. I was still stuck in the fundamentalist, I'm doing something wrong kind, kind of headspace. But now I accept that. So you put all that together, and Glenn, um, <laughs> my conclusions are um, God doesn't bring shame in your life. He brings conviction. But, it, but if you feel the shame and feel like you're, you're not worth it and you should just give up, that's, that's not from God. Um, secondly, what, what, are, what are my close Christian friends saying about this? Um, mm-hmm. They've been walking with me. They've been praying for me. And, and they can, they, they often have a good feed on whether it's me that's getting into a pattern of, of being down on myself or, or whether it's God doing it or whether it's Satan trying to, trying to discourage me. So I lean on my Christian friends quite a bit. And then thirdly, um, it's it, the Holy Spirit talking, talking to us as we read God's word and as we pray. Um, he, he tells me when I need to, you know, pull up my boots. <laughs> and 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 when when and if if it's not him, I, I think we can tell it. So yeah. there's your long philosophical answer on that. I love it. I love it. Well, that's just the way we roll over here because I'm the guy that can be sitting reading Charles Spurgeon with uh, Nightwish symphonic metal on in the background, and that's just the way that I roll. And really, you know, what it comes down to is there's so many live streams, podcasts, and radio shows out there we, where we could just be like, hey, dude, you know, um, who are your influences and everything like that? But I really want to get to the heart of the matter. I'm interested in what's going on behind the person in the spirit realm and within you and what we're seeing, what, what's behind the fruit, what's fertilizing that fruit uh, that we're seeing. So, yeah, there we go. You get more than just the music here. You get something to think about and something to chew on. And, you know, what you said about, um, and I've said it too in the past, it's just kind of coming in a circle to me about how the devil tries to derail ministries. Just look at Peter when he was used as a mouthpiece of the devil saying, no, you're not going to the cross, Lord. And boy, it sounded so good. And Jesus looked at him and was like, get behind me, Satan. Take a back seat. Basically, shut up. And that was Satan trying to derail Jesus going to the cross through Peter. And Peter, you know, the vessel that he was, you know, just going on emotion there, thought he was doing a good thing. And and Jesus had to rebuke him and, and saw that for what it was. And that's something that I want to encourage you and everybody else with. Oftentimes, if they are not walking in the spirit as you are, and they could they could even be a close friend, they could try to derail you from ministry by saying something that is not, you know, may sound right, but it's based upon emotion. It's not based upon truth. And it's not God being for you. And that's the litmus test right there, because God is for us and not against us. And that is the truth of his word. Jermaine's got a couple things he wants to weigh in here on. And first of all, it's that as we get closer to fulfilling God's will, the tribulations get more and worse. That's a very interesting point to think about. And Jermaine says, total, uh, total correction, we are promised in this life to face tribulations. The more uncomfortable we are, then the closer we are to the will of God. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jermaine. Uh, those are some very good points this evening. 
You've got a very professional sound. I want to talk, go back to the music here for a minute. Very professional sound. Do you have other musicians that are working with you? Do you have an engineer that mixes your tracks? What does this project look like? Or is it just you doing all of the work? Well, uh, this one was a one-man band, Glenn. Wow. Wow. I, 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 I did everything. And one of the reasons was, was when I started it, um, I was at one of my lower points mentally, and I, I wanted to do some things to uh, that, that were profitable rather than just sitting in front of the TV watching shows. And so whenever I had energy, I'd record another track or mix. And so on one hand, I can say it was a, a one-man band, and I, I did everything from start to finish. But when I look back, the only reason that it turned into something as good as it was, was because people, people had input. Um, mm -hmm. Before I started this, I had no idea how to mix. I didn't know nothing about EQ or compression or, <laughs> or adding reverb just to make things sound natural. And um, the, the, the biggest st the person that got me started was the Recording Revolution webpage, uh, Graham Cochran is the guy who owns it. And I found out shortly after I started following him that he's a Christian, a worship okay. leader down in Florida. And so I watched like dozens and dozens of hours of his free content and then purchased one of his recording packages. And he, he got me started. Without him, I would have nothing. Wow. That takes a lot of talent to learn how to do all of that and put it together. Because it sounds like you know, when you listen to the finished product that you had a professional mixer do the mixing for you and that you had a, a whole band with you the way that it was done. And that is just absolutely brilliant. Also want to go back to something that you brought up earlier and dive a little bit deeper into it is that God has used music to help heal you. How has God used music to minister to you specifically throughout life? Yeah, I, I want to I want to share a story from the spring. It's only one time that God ministered to me, but you'll get the idea and, and, and you'll say, every one of you watching, um, <laughs> there you go, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, for those that are listening, uh, I was, Tyler says, I was a backup to Barry's one man band, still waiting for the call, Barry, LOL. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this spring, uh, a First Nations pastor, about 60 years old, um, came to our, our little country church and he's friends with a couple people from our church. He's been doing ministry to First Nations in Canada for like 30 years. It, it's hard ministry. Um, it, the, the First Nations in Canada, they, there are people without an identity. They've been crushed by Caucasians for quite a few years. Like they live on reserves all, all together and there's, mm. th there's like sexual addiction and drugs and alcohol and like like Saskatchewan has a million people in it and you can fit like half of the United States into Saskatchewan as far as land area wow, goes wow. they're like we're huge but yet an hour down the road from me is, is a city that has the highest per capita crime rate in all of Canada like in little Saskatchewan and so this First Nations man Howard Jolly He's been ministering for 30 years doing evangelism and pastoring to, to these people. And he just comes in. Yeah, he sent the songs that he wanted. He was going to lead singing. He sent them a couple weeks ahead. And we didn't know any of them, but we're like, 
Howard Jolly always has, has something fresh from the Lord for us. And so he, he comes, he, he doesn't even bring a guitar. He just phoned ahead and said, can someone, can someone give me a guitar to play? I, I don't care what it is. And, and so I, I just gave him my acoustic guitar for the day. And he gets up there and he starts talking about loving his people, eh? And how his people need the Lord, how he meets guys that are half drugged up still on the streets. He talked about how they, him and his wife had to move and they didn't have enough money to buy a house in the, in the new city where they lived. Like he's been serving the Lord for 30 years and, and didn't have enough money to buy, to buy a house. And how one of his friends said, well, let's just put the word out and pray. And in about three or four days, he had enough money to buy, buy his house because God's people gave it. Amazing. And, then, and then I'm standing on stage with him and he starts teaching our congregation. Um, he sings the goodness of God. And he sings like, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With all my breath, I, I will sing of the, the goodness of God. And, and for someone like me and, and many others who, who like every day we fight hard to see the goodness of God, then you see this, this First Nations guy come in who's seen the worst of the worst, the best of the best. He, he doesn't, he's not rich by the world's means. He doesn't have a platform to share Christ all over the world, but he does it one-on-one. -on -one. And he's just up there singing the goodness of God. Mm. And then he was singing. I went and watched it again this morning because I knew I was going to share it. He, he, sang, <laughs> he sang, kingdom of heaven come down. Yeah, he taught us that one too. And he's like, kingdom of heaven come down. Come now, let your glory reign from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. And like, if I would have just watched that on YouTube, like who knows, the song might never have even, I might not even have noticed it. But when it came from this one man and I could see his life, I knew him. Now, every time I sing those songs, I've got this person attached to that praise and worship song. And I'm mm. thinking, God, if you were good to him, if you were good to Howard Jolly, you can be good to me. And, and mm. that's just an example of God's done that a hundred times in my life. And, and that's why I love music so much. That is a wonderful, powerful story. And that's something for us all to remember when we read about the faithfulness of God in Scripture. The reason why a lot of those are accounts are in there in, in Scripture. One of the reasons is because he's the same today as he was yesterday and will be forever. He doesn't change. And his goodness and his grace is just the same as it was. And if he could do things for Moses, through Moses, if he could do things for David, through David, miracles through Gideon, um, yeah, he can do the same for us today. Uh, he's given us the same, even more so now that Christ won That's the victory right. on the cross in many of those situations. It's just something really to think about and to ponder. You really took a risk in choosing hard rock or the hard rock sound to be the vehicle that you minister through because, you know, I remember the controversy in the 80s and the 90s. It was hot that that is of the devil and has no place in the church. But you have chosen hard rock as the way that you minister or the tool for ministry to reach others. Why did you choose the sound of hard rock to be your tool of ministry? Well, Glenn, I, I'm like you. 
I, I appreciate all genres of music. And as an adult, I've learned even more of them. Like I'll finger pick around the fire. And, and if there's a group that are that like a bluegrass people singing country gospel, I'll, I'll join them and play along. But when it all comes down to it, I come back to heavy metal every single, <laughs> every single time. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, it was a hard pill for my, my, my family to swallow when in junior high, I think Tamplin's green album was my first heavy okay. metal that, that self title. I think it was the first one, but like, it wasn't long before I was into vengeance and, and living sacrifice. And, and so like that, that's even as today's standards, that's about as extreme as it gets. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for my mom because she could not understand this music at all. But she could see that it was not affecting me in a bad way, but it was actually keeping me close to the Lord. And, and so she, she, she just put up with it and, uh, and loved me. But the, the one story that kind of cements it in my mind is uh, leading worship maybe, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. We were doing Days of Elijah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, mm-hmm. you can hear on the album, I'm a pretty simple gu- guitarist. Like I like to riff and I like to do leads. So as far as doing rhythm, I'm either riffing power chords or I'm, I'm, I'm just cording clean. And so we're riffing away with some good overdrive and we're singing, um, behold, he comes shining like the sun. And, and yeah. And then you go into the bridge. There's no God like Jehovah and you start quiet and then you build and then you do the key change into the, the chorus again. And, and you just let the drums go and people are singing acapella with the drums and, and clapping. And then we got a conservative church, but now we got a quarter of the people lifting their hands up because everybody's into it. And then, and then a, a pick slide back into, to, to repeating the course at the end. And, and it's just like, that's the way we, we do it. And, uh, one, one mild mannered man, uh, Marty Dallin, he came up to me afterward and he says, Bear, he said, that was man worship today, he said. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and then I knew that was confirmation that there is a place. Yes. There is a place for a little bit heavier yeah. music. <laughs> Excuse me. You got me all choked up over here. That, I just want to share a quick story. You, you can relate to this uh, because you've watched the videos about uh, when I was in the, the cult situation and a friend of mine, he was a worship leader and played guitar, and I was running the soundboards. So a lot of times he would go into free song, and a lot of people are probably very familiar with free song. So he starts reeling into free song to the melody of Black Sabbath's Paranoid. All right. <laughs> so he's doing it and worshiping the Lord and I'm down there running the sound and I'm just raising the I keep raising the volume and keep raising the volume. And they put up with it for about a few minutes. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, and boy, <laughs> we got it really good after church that day. It's like, what are you? doing little did i know that god, that god was preparing me for my future ministry with raven's heart and lithos christ so that's that's what was happening uh jermaine's got a comment again here he said god's goodness is not uh, not defined by the way we describe it because 
in his goodness, it might be uncomfortable or not, uh, not as pretty at times. However, he promises to work all things out for our good, no matter how bad it seems. And he is always faithful through it all. So beautiful thinking about this goodness. That is so true. Even though it's unpleasant for us at the time, it works out righteousness and goodness. Yeah, Jermaine, I just want to echo that and say you're, you're right on. Um, even even through all these things that my, my family has gone through, um, Janice and I would never have ever, we, we, I don't know if we'd ever say we wanted to go through it again because a lot of it's been horrible, but we never want to go back to the people we were before because God God did something to us through that that is priceless. I love how everything's resonating with our viewers and our listeners this evening on the goodness of God. And that is really what this music is is pointing to, is the goodness of God in these situations that we find to be difficult. And I want to go to the next song because we've got kind of a change up in style here. And that's what I like about independent music. You can do what you want. You're not reporting or doing what the what the man or the machine wants you to do. And this song is entitled A Place Called Paradise. What is A Place Called Paradise about? Yeah, it's kind of a take. Uh, I'd never heard of Pilgrim's Progress at the time that I wrote this. I originally wrote this in high school and then completely retooled it for, for the album. But it, it's, this, uh, it's, this, it's about faith. Um, there's a few times... Let's see, I wrote it down in, in Acts or in Hebrews, sorry, in the, the Hall of Faith, where, where uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about how the people died without having even received all the promises that God, God gave them. But through faith, they could see the, the, the city. Um, what does it says here? In faith, they saw the promises in the distance and welcomed them. And, and so that's... That's that's what the the song is all about, and so in an allegory similar to Pilgrim's Progress, and and I guess for those who are familiar with Neil Morse, uh, he he did two whole albums off of uh, um, tooled off of Pilgrim's Progress, and so you have a person journeying through a land and they can't see any hope, but then in the spirit you can kind of rise above the hills and the trees and the struggle, and and you can see. You can see heaven. You can see your future. So at the very base, that's that's what it's about. I love it. Before we get to it, it's so true. Those in the Hall of Faith only saw a portion of it. They didn't enter into the fullness of what God had for them. And that's one of the problems that we deal with as human beings is we think we're there a lot of times that, oh, wow, I'm really moving in the spirit and this is what God's got for me. But God always has better for you because it goes back to what we were just saying a minute ago. He's for us and he's not against us. He's a good father. He's not going to give us a bag of stones and serpents. He's not going to give that to us at all. This is a place called paradise.
in my mind, in my soul. Let's soar with wings of faith spread wide. Totally different vibe than the first track that we listened to. And one of the things that I really appreciate about it is that the intro and the outro, you've really got an REM vibe going on, taking me back to the days of the 90s when I was cool in college listening to the indie rock of uh, REM back in the day. And Jermaine says, your solos are top notch, man. And all of those hieroglyphics down there, we affectionately refer to as Jermaine E's. I can't believe <laughs> all of them. And I'm waiting for the Rosetta Stone program to come out so that I can learn that. But uh, he is fired up by your music. What an awesome song. Totally different. Can vibe. I, yeah, can I yeah. ask Jermaine a quick question? If, if that's a picture of him singing in, in his uh, avatar there, it looks awesome. Jermaine, is that you? Jermaine, and we'll wait, wait for the real. And wow, that's a, f uh, a a fast response. Oh, so first of all, Jermaine says he's going to teach us Jermaineese, which is good. So Jermaine, oh. is that <laughs> you here's is that you in the picture in the avatar? Yes, sir. That is Jermaine. And if I am correct, I believe that was taken. That picture was taken at Get Revelation Rock Fest 2022. Sponsored by Lithos Cry and Raven's Heart right here in Charleston, South Carolina. So, yeah, that that is Jermaine. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with Jermaine and he's been up here in Charleston with Charles Martin as well with their band Tricord. And, whoa, they opened up Get Revelation Rock Fest. And he's like, it sure was. Yeah, that is Jermaine at Rock Fest at the Hanahan Amphitheater. I sure wish I didn't live in Saskatchewan, Canada right now. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> we got plenty. I got I got to get vaccinated before they'll let me come down, Glenn. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I was going to say we got plenty of sweet tea and grits down here, so all you want, all you can eat. With everything that God's been doing with you, through you, with your ministry and music, where do you believe that he's taking you in the future with everything that he's released through you? Yeah, Glenn, uh, I, I, I think it, my answer will be unlike most people you have on your podcast. And uh, that's one reason I'm grateful that you, you, you had me on, even though I'm not like halfway through becoming a headliner band or, or anything like that. Uh, I, I just don't know. Right, right now, um, my service is to my family. My oldest is graduating from grade 12, just graduated. Wow. And so I've got three more that are in middle and high school. So my attentions are there. Um, because I'd, I'm not on stage very much because of my anxiety. So I run the tech and, and, the, and, and the sound stuff for, for our church. 
which ended up being a lot during uh, during COVID because suddenly we were doing live services and stuff like that. I, I learned about all sorts of that stuff. So right now my ministry is and my service to God is really in the background. Like I shared at the start, um, my evangelism is almost all one-on-one with uh, God usually gives me one or two at a time and that's people at a time and, and that's what I've got. So I, I don't have a clue, Glenn. Um, I, I dreamed for years of putting out putting out some of these songs that I'd written because I, I believe that they're they're great songs that God gave them to me. What, one of my one of my Christian music heroes, he doesn't believe we write songs. He he believes we catches the songs that mm. uh, that mm. that God's got them somewhere up there. And it, and if we're Involved. praying and praying and playing, that uh, every now and then we'll catch a song. And and so it's not really our song, but it's it's God's song. And and so it, it, it's been wonderful to get some out. Um, I had. I had one close friend, a Christian friend, listening to to some of my music, and he said it was like uh, like he was on hallowed ground as as he listened through the album, and like for for God to minister to someone at that level, you know, as a as a musician, that that's what we're all hoping for is that God would just grab people right at the heart, and so I I don't I don't know where this is going, but. I, I never said I said I'd never make another album like like this again, and I will collaborate from now on. <laughs> but it was way too much work. But it was so rewarding. I didn't get time to to share the diff, the, the other people that spoke into this album and and told me when I needed to fix this or do that. But it never would have been something I could have shared publicly if if there weren't people doing this. So now I know that it's possible. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Jermaine says that he's been ministered to this evening. We catch God's ideas that ministered to me. Yeah. A vault in the sky with all the songs written in it. Well, you know, with the foreknowledge of God, he knows what's coming. So there is a vault in a way I'll have to die. I'm going to dive into that tomorrow. I, I got to spend some time looking in the word about that. I've never thought I've never said it as a vault, but uh, you, you got it there, Glenn. I know there's a snow vault. There is one of those, and that is in Scripture. So, and that's probably the first place I'm going to go visit after I meet the Lord. Is take me to the snow vault, and uh, we'll, we'll go there. But for you, uh, Barry, what I, I just want to encourage you with what you've put your hand to. You're doing things, and it's just so awesome. You're doing things led by the Spirit. You're doing some things that you don't even realize that you're doing that we talked about tonight in redeeming some sounds, redeeming some styles, and probably going to reach some of those people that are caught up in you know, forms of music that they shouldn't be caught up into to release them and give the answers to the questions that they're looking for. And a lot of times when you start a thing, you know, there's the small beginnings, but a lot of times it's not the results that God is looking for. He's looking for the faithfulness. He's looking for the faithfulness to pursue when there are not the results and to pursue him really to test. It's your crucible as an artist to test where your heart is. If you're in it to, to, to make it and be a name, or if you're in it to do what you're doing, that one-on-one and getting the music out. And I, I feel so blessed that you reached out to us here at Lithos Cry. I consider you a friend and a part of the family here at Raven's Heart. And yeah, we're going to do another edition. I want to talk about 
the other things with your friend. We're going to do that in the near future. And I really look forward to what God's going to release and do through you. And as you continue to pursue him, those issues that you have with the depression, those issues that you have with the burnout, he is going to free you of those. And you are going to become a different man. I really believe that. Well, thanks so much, Glenn. I, I, I consider you a friend too. I hope that this is, this is a, yeah, I, I, I hope to see you again. And I found a new podcast to listen to. And <laughs> Tyler, I hope I go back to Swift Current sometime too. <laughs> yeah, Tyler says, I think it's going to uh, to lead Barry back to Swift Current. Thoughts on that, Barry? That's the vibe uh, I'm getting. Wishful thinking. Your friendship is priceless. Charles says, the great thing about tests are that we are equipped to pass them. It's rigged, people. God rigged it so that we can pass. And how did he rig it? Well, Jesus won the victory on the cross when he said this. He said three words. It is finished. Amen. We passed. It's a matter of aligning ourselves and walking in that. Hey, everybody. Uh, look forward to be being back next week at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We've got Yahweh's Tears coming on. I'm really excited about that. They've been following us here at Raven's Heart and Lithos Cry for quite some time and going to have them on, find out about their walk with the Lord and what uh, God's releasing through them musically right now at this time. And until next week, people, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.